Hello, listeners. This is Jake, your host uh, for Not So Peter Priested. Um, real quick, I do have um, at the top here, I have um, an email where you can send your letters. You can send, um, I do joke that you can send hate mail. That's fine. Um, you can send really anything. I want to hear your stories. I want to start, um, if you want them read on the podcast, if um, you can let me know. Um, this podcast is here for you to be a platform and to um, for your voices to be heard. And also, if you want to be a guest on there, you can let me know there, or you can see, find me on Instagram at Not So Peter Priested. Um, but I also wanted to recognize that this week's episode deviates a little bit from um, our normal topics of ex-Mormonism and kind of navigating that and deconstructing faith and. Um, on September 20th, 2011, was the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, and um, one, I have two very special guests who um, both served under Don't Ask, Don't Tell, um, and served under it for t- uh, the very tail end of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, and um, my other guest, Dina, is she served most of her um, most of her time in the military was under Don't Ask, Don't Tell, so. Um, she went through the whole thing from the beginning to the end of it, and um, they both um, helped create a a group called Glass Gay, Lesbian, and Supporting Service Members um, that was a huge uh, milestone in military uh, in the military and getting um, support for. Um, service members who are on the LGBTQ community and who can, um, and helping us all navigate the social aspects of it, the legal aspects of it, um, the mental aspects, and just creating a support system, a built-in support system for those service members. Um, and it's, they will get into it more and tell you all about it. It's something that's huge for me. Um, it was huge on my journey in coming out and um also i had just barely decided to leave the church and i was um and then i joined the military and i was it's all a huge part of my life so um i wanted to share this part of it and also recognize the um those people that um served under don't ask don't tell and the road that they paved for service members today that are able to serve openly and proudly and um, that's something that was unheard of back just even 10 years ago, 10, 12 years ago. So um, it's very recent and it's um, we still have a long way to go. And But there's been a lot of stuff, a lot of uh, changes and progress in that aspect. So I hope you enjoy the podcast, this episode. Um, it's a, um, and again, you can reach out to me anytime. And I hope you enjoy. Thank you.
and welcome to Not So Peter Priesthood Podcast. This is your host, Jake. Um, I, I, am, I have two very special guests with me today. My first guest is one of my very special friends. Um, I don't know if I should say it that way, but, you know, I special. Know, She's pretty like special. Like, like we're lovers special. with the... <laughs> special friend, Jake. My mom is so excited. <laughs> But this is Anne Guyman. Um, she is, I met her in the Navy in San Diego and um, we, she's going to tell more about her experience, but um, my experience with her is we, she helped me uh, start a chapter of a gay straight alliance on my ship that she helped find um, and start in the whole military. So, um, and then I'm going to have her introduce uh, the, our other guest, so, yes. Anne. Yes. Hi. Hey, Jake. Well, I'm so glad to be here. I definitely did not just binge all of your episodes and I'm all caught up on your life, even though oh. I already knew you for like the last 10 years. Right. Um, <laughs> it's like the before times before we met. So, nice. <laughs> um, no, yeah. Hi. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm Ann Guyman, as Jake said. Um, I've known Jake for, God, eight years already? Something, nine? Something like that. No, eight or nine? Years. Something like that. Yeah. Um, when we were both active duty, um, and I'm joined today with, uh, our, my very special fucking mentor and Navy mom, um, Chief Dina Reese, um, who's a bosun mate chief. Uh, you're still active duty, yeah? I am. You're about to retire. Next few days, I am. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Um, and you've been in, you've been in how many years now? I've been in... 33 years, almost 34. Wow. Holy shit. Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah. So good thing you can't see me because my voice sounds young, right? (laughs) I mean, I think I have more gray hair than you do, Chief. You do. You you really do. (laughs) (laughs) It's right. You got more jacked up uh, joints and back and all that that I do. So it's (laughs) more fun on active duty than you did, and I will pay for it eventually. So that's true. Uh, but you're in Virginia right now? I am. I'm in Norfolk, Virginia, getting ready to retire, head back to Chicago. Hell yeah. Nice. nice. Oh, nice. And uh, I am here in Colorado, um, about an hour north of Jake in Fort Collins. So, yep. Cool. Um, so, I guess you wanted us on the show because tomorrow is a very special anniversary for a lot of us. Yes. In the middle. Um, so we're not going to, so this podcast is an ex-Mormon podcast, but we're taking a little break from that on this week. And we're probably, I mean, if we go off over, I was going to say like, we can go into a two-parter. We, we are here. This is special. Um, so tomorrow is an anniversary of the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Um, so by the time this is aired on Wednesday, so it'll be like, past it but it's the same week so um we just wanted to recognize that and um chief and ann are both going to tell some experiences they had while serving under don't ask don't tell and um also with like how it um like the repeal of it and what the what that meant for you and also we can get into glass if you want and then um yeah cool all right awesome. so where do you want to start uh, uh well maybe we could talk about what don't ask don't tell is or was 
And then yeah. since Chief, since you've been in, because you were you were in before they even had Don't Ask, Don't Tell, right? Right. I was in when I came in. I literally had to sign paperwork saying um, that not only had I never had a homosexual experience, but that I would never or I would be kicked out. Um, wow. So that was like it wasn't Don't Ask, Don't Tell. It was uh, You Tell, You're Out, literally. Oh, um, so in '92. I'm sorry, go ahead. That was before Don't Ask, Don't Tell. It was more of a, like, a, you're done if you, done. they even, okay. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're absolutely done. Um, just no tolerance, like zero tolerance. Mm -hmm. uh, so in 92, when I got out was when Don't Ask, Don't Tell started. And it was, it was just kind of a way, I think uh, the intention of it was um, you could serve, you just couldn't talk about it. Uh, which was, which was, I guess, was better than you can't serve at all. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the end of the day, if you can't talk about being who you are or being your whole self, uh, you never really feel like you belong. So I think for me, that was the biggest thing about uh, Don't Ask, Don't Tell being repealed and people actually being able to talk about everything in their life. Um, I mean, not having to listen to the jokes. That was that was cool, too. Um but being able to talk about it and bring your whole self so you can actually feel like you belong somewhere, I think was the biggest change for me. Yeah. So from what I understand of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, it was kind of like a, a compromise that President Clinton did that to kind of like, um, I don't to appeal to both sides. Like people wanted no gays in the, military and some people were okay with it and so he found kind of like a middle road middle ground like they can serve but they can't um just don't don't talk about it don't ask about it obviously don't ask don't tell but um is that correct like yeah it was a it was definitely a middle ground it was um it, like i said it, the intention was really good like to allow people to serve allow gay people to serve um and they don't ask part was um if you suspected someone was gay or lesbian you couldn't ask them about it so it was it was meant to somewhat protect um uh the gay and lesbian community um which i guess it did in a way uh the unintended purpose or the unintended consequence of it i think was uh, just not allowing people to really be who they were. We we claim that we embrace diversity and it's our biggest strength. And, you know, I could go on and on with the catchphrases. But at the end of the day, you, you can't really say you embrace diversity if you're not allowing people to truly be who they are. Um, so luckily, uh, Obama did away with it. Yeah. And I came in. December of 2010. So I know it had been debated um, mm -hmm. and I felt like it was going to be repealed eventually. Um, but I think my, my generation of sailors who came in were like the last ones to actually enlist under the policy. Actually, I still have, um, I know Jake, you know, this on my fridge, I found mm -hmm. the paperwork that we had to sign <laughs> um, just because it's like a nice reminder every now and then when I start feeling discouraged about, the state of everything, like the fact that I can look and say like, Hey, at some point, like I had to sign this sh bullshit and you know, all the changes that have happened in the last 11 years I've been in, but like, yeah, no. Cause like, yeah. Cause when, when it was repealed, it was, uh, 
it was signed, I think, December, or January, something like that. Obama signed it and then it didn't get enacted until September. So there was like a year that between like when it was signed and when it was actually implemented. So it was just really weird kind of like I remember people being like, don't come out if you're gay. Don't do it yet. It's <laughs> not allowed yet. Wait, <laughs> you still got like you still got like nine months. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, so of course all of us are just kind of just like you know, kicking dirt and waiting and just be like, okay, like, I guess I'll, uh, I'll be out eventually. So, but no, it was, it was nice. Like when I came in, like knowing that it was on its way out. So like, like chief generation of just never even having that as a possibility mm-hmm. for so long. Like I can't, <laughs> I can't imagine can't even that. Imagine. Yeah. Well, every well, time I- you, uh, every time you reenlisted, you had to sign that piece of paper every oh. time, like every four years. You had to sign that page 13 or that piece of paper saying that, uh, you know, homosexuality um, mm-hmm. is against the rules and don't ask, don't tell is the policy. So um, yeah. essentially I've signed, geez, I don't know, a lot of those before it actually went away. Um, I remember it, uh, it, you know, it was repealed, it went away, but we still hadn't updated our simio, our equal opportunity uh, mm-hmm. program. So uh, sexual orientation still wasn't a protected uh, group. So so don't ask what's going away was a big step, but mm-hmm. a lot of other things still had to take place um, for yeah. us to be able to just literally be who we are and not be afraid. Yeah. Well, and even like with families, like, I mean, you still had the Defense of Marriage Act where gay marriage wasn't legalized. So federally, you if you were married or you had a partner or if you had kids like they didn't they weren't protected so like if you died in combat then you your next of kin would be like your parents or something and a lot of people are like estranged from their biological families because of their sexual orientation or their gender identity so it was i mean i know like when i deployed um i was with my my wife jen Uh, we weren't married yet but we'd been together for like six years or five years and it was like, I remember telling my mom, like, if anything happens to me on deployment, I need you to talk to, I need you to get in contact with Jen right away. And like, I know people who have, you know, spouses of 20 years and kids and, you know, like that was the case every time they deployed, um, just having, and not being able to like, make medical decisions. So like the Defense of Marriage Act got repealed, um, but it was still a state by state basis, whether or not, like if you were stationed in say Virginia, and gay marriage wasn't allowed in Virginia, then you were federally recognized for your marriage. But as soon as you step foot off base, you weren't, your marriage wasn't legal anymore. So you have that just that, that problem of trying to figure out like, Hey, like, can I move my, my family with me? You know, are you protected in this state over this state? Like how come I'm protected in California, but the same person, the same rate, the same job, the same situation isn't protected in Georgia. You know, so, I mean, there's been a lot of steps to actually get us to, quote unquote, full equality. Um, So don't don't ask, don't tell was just the first step for that. So living in, uh, well, I actually lived in Maryland. I worked at the Pentagon, so I worked in D.C. Uh, I got got married while I was up there. Um, I told we totally refused to live in Virginia because at the time it wasn't legal in Virginia. So I refused to pay taxes in a state that my marriage wasn't legal. Uh, so we got married on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C. We lived in Maryland. 
Um, but we really had to question things like like going home to see my family in Georgia. And mm-hmm. my brother was like, well, I don't understand why this is such a big deal. I said, well, once we leave the state of Maryland and we hit the state of Virginia, our marriage is no longer legal. It's not legal in North Carolina and it's not legal in Georgia. So if we have an accident somewhere mm-hmm. in Virginia, North Carolina or Georgia, Kim's not even allowed in the emergency room with me. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's something to, to have to stop and think about. And and he you know, being a straight man was like, I've never even had to worry about that. I was like, I, I know, but, but right now we have to, we have to think about all those things because it's not just automatic for us. Yeah. Um, thank goodness it is now, but at the time, you know, a lot of straight people that have straight privilege don't think about the things that we have to, had to think about at the time. Um, it was scary- just a logistical nightmare. Yeah. Like it was constant. Well, and that, like, that's originally why, like, the logistical part was originally why, like, I started Glass. Like, why I asked you to be my mentor with that it was just because it was, like, someone has had to figure this out. Someone has had to have figured out how to get benefits for your family, even though at that time, like, gay marriage wasn't allowed. We're protected under equal opportunity. We had just gotten the right to come out. And I'm like, there, there has to be someone like Chief who's been in for a long time who has navigated the red tape to figure this out. And now that we have all these sailors who are able to come out, like how can we, how can we turn this into an easy access resource for people? Um, Yeah. Like I want to, I want to read one of these things that we had assigned just to give like listeners, like an idea of the bullshit. Like every now and then, like I'll show people this and they're just like, their jaw drops. They're like, you seriously signed this? I was like, oh yeah. And I was out when I came, when I joined the military, like I had to go back in a closet. Like I was, I was freeing out for a long time. And then my mom was like super concerned. Cause like, here's her little dykey daughter, like running around. (laughs) All of a sudden, like joining the military, and she was like, "Are you sure? Are you sure this is a good idea? I don't know. I don't know if that's going to work for you." But you know, here we are, eleven years later. So, one of the things we had to sign is a member may be separated for violations of laws or regulations regarding sexual conduct of members of the armed forces. For example engaging or attempting to engage in a homosexual act or soliciting another to engage in such an act for stating that he or she is homosexual or bisexual or words to that effect or for marrying or attempting to marry an individual of the same sex. And then they have um, that the member has engaged in, attempted to engage in or solicited another to engage in homosexual act or acts unless there are further findings made and approved in accordance with procedures set forth in such regulations, and that the member has demonstrated that, one, such conduct is a departure from the member's usual and customary behavior. So basically, it was just that one time I was gay. Number two, (laughs) (laughs) such conduct under all circumstances is unlikely to reincur, like it's only gay if it's underway. Number three, (laughs) Such conduct was not accomplished by use of force, coercion, or intimidation. Number four, under the particular circumstances of the case, the member's continued presence in the armed forces is consistent with the interests of the armed forces in proper discipline, good order, and morale, and that the member does not have a propensity or intent to engage in homosexual acts. 
So that was the wow. verbatim paperwork that our asses had to sign. <laughs> and I remember being at MEPS. I remember sitting there and I'm signing all these forms like, yeah, I didn't do drugs. Wink. You know, I didn't do any <laughs> of this stuff. And then like, and I, you know, didn't bat an eye sign and everything else. And then I got to this page and I just remember being like, here we go. <laughs> just, oh, you know, signed it, just signed it away, you know? You know, I, so I came in, I joined like, so I remember the repeal was, um, it was enacted right when I was in boot camp in September. So I, and I can remember my, our chief saying, okay, well, um, you know, nothing's different like from yesterday to today, but like, we're gonna, you can now, if you're, if you're gay, you can talk about it, you know, that kind of thing. And so, um, and she went, she went on a, a good, um, she had a good speech about it, about the, you know, diversity, like what you're talking about, Chief, and um, and that we, but like, I, I mean, I did MEPS and everything, and I probably, I probably signed it, didn't even notice it, but I was like, because I was still kind of, like, closeted and still very, like, because I was a little baby gay, but I was still like, <laughs> um, talk about being mentors. So I have my, I have Anne as my mentor and then, you know, um, Chief is Anne's mentor. So it's kind of like I'm meeting my grandmother a mentor, I guess. <laughs> so I've heard so much about you. Um, so this is really cool for me. Um, but the, like, I don't know, just hearing the varying levels of like how you're like, cause for me, like, I was just like, I didn't think about like, um, I was so new to it that I was like, I didn't, and I was still getting over the, the idea that of coming out to my parents and like coming out to like, the world. And then I was like, um, I still had to like figure myself out and then let alone thinking about like, what about gay marriage? What about like, what about insurance? And what about like maybe, you know, finding a partner and then being able to marry that, marry him. And then, you know, him not being able to like, to be at my, bedside if I'm sick or dying or whatever and so mm -hmm. those things like what you're talking about like I don't I never that never crossed my mind at the time and so like um but then Anne was one of the people that kind of brought that to my attention and ever since then she did the, like this activist fire in me and I've just been kind of like, <laughs> uh yeah anyway yeah yeah well she's good for those things right yeah like, she is. Uh, I was an ideas man yeah, you're definitely, <laughs> definitely. I uh, I was still uh, comfortable in my quietness, I guess, when Don't Ask, Don't Tell was repealed. People knew. I mean, you can't look at me and not know unless you're just completely <laughs> clueless, which is fine. Um, but I didn't really talk about it a whole lot. It just wasn't a thing that I talked about. And I had gotten so comfortable with not talking about it at work, like totally keeping my private life private. Um that when this youngster comes bouncing in, it's like, hey, I need to talk to you about something. And she's talking about this gay straight alliance. I don't know what that is. I'm from the deep south. I don't have a clue. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, so then I, I have to I have to really make a choice. Like I have to sit here and uh, decide if I'm going to help this young sailor with this great idea or if I'm just going to stay in my comfort zone. Um, yeah, so she totally blew me out of my comfort zone, which was totally amazing in the end. It ended up great. Um, you know, I walked into the skipper's office and said, you know, hey, we've got this good idea fairy, and let me tell you about it, and this is what she's come <laughs> up with. And uh, his only question was, 
you know, why didn't the staff think about it? I'm like, I don't know why the staff didn't think about it. Cause I don't know. We're old. We don't think about stuff like this. I don't know. Um, but, but he was really supportive, still supportive to this day. Uh, he's retired as well. So our friends, um, at this point. So it's, um, we did some really cool stuff. We got to go to the gala, um, mm-hmm. which was really cool. We didn't get to go in our uniform, which uh, I won't call any names or whatever, but I, w- I will tell a little bit about that story because it was important. Um, we had been given permission from legal. I still have the signed copy, actually, in my I can lay hands on it right now from the uh, legal officer saying that it was okay not only for us to attend the gala but for us to attend the gala in our uniform and this was the uh, chicago gay straight a lot gay the uh, uh equality illinois gala yeah, equality illinois gala yep. so this was 20 2012 um, early 2012 february 2012 our charter was signed on friday and the gala was on saturday mm-hmm. um cores <laughs> actually paid for our table very expensive table at the gala and um, we had made plans. We were going to go. We were going to go in uniform. We were all excited. I got a call from uh, the skipper on Thursday night. And when your skipper calls you personally on Thursday night, um, I'm not going to tell you what the first words out of my mouth I said because you you said no cursing. So I won't I won't oh, do you that. But you're going to do it. I was yeah. like. like I was just I didn't I mean first of all the skipper's calling me and now he's calling me like at eight o'clock at night so there's two what the fuck's in one like in one pop so I answer the phone and he starts out like I am so sorry chief like I just I I I don't want to have to tell you this um but the admiral uh that we all work for has said that you will not go in your uniform um and that was a that was a blow it, it it took me a minute. I had to kind of breathe and like, okay, like we're, you said we're okay now, we're all good. And then now all of a sudden somebody higher up is is coming back and, and um, saying you can't go in your uniform. But the only reason in my head anyway, that, you know, there's always, there's two, there's two messages. There's the intended message and the unintended message. And his unintended message to me personally was, you're out because Big Navy said you can be out, but I don't really approve. That's mm-hmm. what I took, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you can't go in your uniform. You can't represent me as a Navy at this this gay event. Like, it just was it just was a slap in the face. Um, I have found out many years later that that same admiral that will remain nameless um, came back and apologized to the skipper later because uh, the skipper challenged him in no uncertain terms about his decision and pretty much um, said that he was um, being um, an discriminatory and an, and an asshole. He didn't, he, he said yeah. it very pleasantly, but yeah, you're being an asshole and you're letting your personal feelings get in the way and your personal uh, whatever's get in the way of these, these, uh, these people. Yeah. Your biases. Thank you. Um, getting in the way of, of this group of sailors actually having a great time and, and wearing their uniform and representing us proudly. Right. Um, and so he apologized later for it. So I know that his mind has been changed, but nonetheless, we didn't let that stop us. Like we, um, we totally got, most of us wore tux. I think the only two people that wore dresses were, uh, Jen, Anne's Jen wife. And Kim. And then, yeah. Right. Tim, uh, my wife, uh, my soon to be wife at that particular time. 
So that was kind of cool. I uh, I remember driving up in the parking lot that day, and um, one of the lawyers that worked at at the uh, base in Great Lakes. Um, it was a big uh, it was a big deal in legal. They were they had a little a group of people that were you know they researched things down to the nth degree. That's one of their lawyers. And they had written up this paper for the captain to sign, and they were all real proud of it, and, and they were they were like excited for us. So this this lawyer yeah. pulls in right beside me, and I roll my window down, and she's like, "Chief, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm sorry that you're not going to be able to wear uniforms. Like, that's really that's fucked up. Like, we did all this research, and it should it should have been fine." And I'm like, "Yeah, well, you know, we're going to back up punt. We're gonna we're gonna go rent some clothes, and you know, it'll be fine." And then she says, well, I've got this really cool ball gown if you want to borrow it. And I just kind of look at her and like, do I look like I would fit into a ball gown? Right? And so we get a good laugh out of it. And she's like, okay, well, if anybody else wants to borrow the ball gown, let me know. And I was like, okay. And I'm still friends with her to this day. Like, that was just, I don't know, one of those things. But we had a blast. Oh, yeah. um, we just had, a, we were like the special table, talking about special people. Um, yeah, we were right. totally the special table, right? We met people that I still keep in contact with, actually, that were kicked out because of being gay. Um, we uh, we got to – I've got cool pictures with, like, I don't know, the mayor. I don't know, all these people that just, like, bombarded her. I didn't eat that night. I didn't eat at all. Every and honestly, time- like, it, I, think, I think it was, like, everything happened so fast. So, like, yeah. the the group that, that Chief and I and, and Jake that we're talking about – is this group called Glass? It's gay, lesbian, and supportive service members. Now it used to be just supportive sailors, um, and it was the first officially chartered gay straight alliance in the military. So officially chartered meaning it's allowed to um, be recognized on a military installation. Like there had been other gay groups for veterans um, that were outside the realm of being allowed to actually work. So like, you know, it was, it was seen the same way as like a first class petty officer association or a chief's mess or any other kind of command sanction event. So the fact that like from the time that the captain signed it and allowed it to happen was like January, we had had a couple of interviews with some gay magazines. We had had our first meeting and then all of a sudden, like the Equality Illinois thing came in and it was like we were like I, I accidentally came out to my grandma on the cover of the Chicago Tribune because I oh. forgot to come out to her. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like my name is on the front page of the Chicago Tribune. And I was like, I called my mom and I'm like, hey, just so as you know, <laughs> uh, the whole the whole family in Chicago is about to know that I'm I'm gay. So just just giving you a heads up on that. But like but yeah, like, I mean, it was. Chicago Tribune, Windy City Times, like all these these people, because I mean, so many people have been kicked out and it was such big news because the repeal had just happened because it was September of 2011. And then by January, we were chartered. Wow. So it was only, yeah, really right away. And I remember like the reason wanting to do is I have a a friend of mine who um, has since come out as trans, but at the time was identifying as a lesbian and had a wife and two little kids and trying to live off of an E3 salary, trying to support um, his family. And it was, it was really hard because like, it was all these phone calls of like, we don't have any money and the kids need this. And I remember we had a, we shared a barracks room. Of course, everyone knew who was gay. Like everyone knew who was queer or in the community. And, you know, so we're, we're chatting and we definitely had gotten drunk at Sam Adams 
brew pub on base. <laughs> and she's laughing because we would go there all the time. Like that great trivia. Yep. But uh, yeah, like I'd, I'd been out drinking and came back to my barracks and damned if Duncan had just gotten off the phone with his wife and just super stressed out. And I was like, you know, indignant. I should really send a, a thank you letter to Jose Cuervo. Um, and I was just like, <laughs> oh, man, like we, we, I wish there was like a group or something that like we could ask like older gay people, like how they like how to get the benefits for everybody. And I was just, and it was like a lightning bolt. Like, like there was like a, like a silence after I said that. And I'm like, that would be a really good idea. And of course, like all the sailors who were like, we had all just got out of boot camp. Like we had literally been in less than a year at this point. And like, everyone was like, that would be great. Yeah, let me talk. So like Briscoe, we had like Greenwood. We had like all these people who were gay, who were, we were doing other stuff on base. Like I was working with the sexual assault prevention. That's how I met Chief doing like sapper stuff. Um, we had other people working in different departments because we were all like finished school and we were waiting for orders for like a year. Thanks, Great Lakes. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so we we kind of just talked about it. And uh, I remember, I can't remember her name, but she was one of the counselors who was working with Sapper. And I had asked if she knew any gay people who'd be willing to be our mentors. And she kind of gave me a smile. She's like, I don't know one. Um, <laughs> it was either Amanda or it was Aaron. I think it was Amanda. And uh and then uh, she was like, yeah, like, you know, chief. And I was like, yeah, no shit. But like, I couldn't just come up and be like, hey, chief, I think you're gay. Do you want to be a, do you want to be a mentor? Which eventually is what was happening. But yeah, so literally, and we had nothing, we had no documents to go off of. We had nothing that we could use as a framework to help design this. Cause it's like, how do you design this group? What are the bylaws? What are the rules? How is it organized? Is it open to everybody? You can't have it not open to everybody cause that's discriminatory. And that kind of defeats the whole fucking right. purpose. So, <laughs> you know, so we're running around, we we're talking illegal. Legal is like, what the fuck? You know, cause it's also <laughs> like, we're not, we're not protected under equal opportunity. So like literally there is like no protection for us whatsoever. So I remember meeting up with you and Kim at, Sam Adams. And I think was I think Briscoe and Greenwood were with me. Can't remember. Not that but first like, time. Not that but first night. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. And we're just sitting there at this at this table drinking a beer, you know, talking about uh, this idea, you know. And then uh eventually, like, you know, we I had worked with the captain before because, you know, various groups around camp um, on base. I almost said campus. Um and he was great. Like, honestly, it was like the stars aligned, like everyone who was there to build this group and everyone from legal to the captain to you to just the, the groundswell of interest on base and just supportive straight sailors who were like, fuck, yeah, this is awesome. They wanted to be a part of it. And yeah, just walking in the skipper's office and he was just like, because we were nervous as all hell and just being like, oh, man, <laughs> but you shouldn't have worried because like Captain Littner is like the goat like i mean he's been one of the greatest captains i've ever had um but yeah he was just so excited and then like within a month or two having like a gay event at the uso on base and that same base that used to have like witch hunts and they used to have people undercover trying to flush out gay people and trying to get them kicked out and then that same base having like world war ii veterans and vietnam veterans coming and like talking about their experiences and you know, having having this like jaw dropping, and of course at the time, like I had, j I'd only been in the closet like less than a year. Like this was like, why the hell wouldn't you be out? Like why the hell wouldn't you want to 
help other people because I was young and dumb and I didn't know how all this shit worked. You know what I mean? Like I, I had this kind of experience where like, I didn't realize what I was doing was like super ballsy, like an E3 nothing seaman sailor who's been in for less than a year, all of a sudden, like we should do this. I'm talking to captain. Like that doesn't happen. Like, like little baby sailors don't talk to like legal to start shit. Like baby sailors don't start shit. Like, I'm glad you said that because that's the point I was going to make. Like, I can imagine, like, being an E3. Well, I kind of did that, too. But, like, you did it from, like, the, <laughs> like there was nothing. And then you were just like, hey, I got this idea. Like, the good idea fairy, you know? Like, I'm just. <laughs> yeah. So that's really it ballsy was, is what it is. Yeah. Like, I look back and I was like, what the fuck? Like, what kind of balls did I have just being like, no, that's fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> There'll be no, there'll be no blowback. There'll be no repercussion. It's fine. It's fine. I got, I got, a, I got a gay chief and a cool captain, and like Jen, who's my wife, my current wife. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, like we had just started dating. Like we had just met like in February. Like I mean, we're talking like, you know, March. Yeah, sorry, March, because I blew Ooh. off our first date. Um, she's here to, she's here to correct me, but like, I mean, never like having to hide that relationship, never having to do that before, you know, and like have, having her being supportive and being like, Hey, listen, like whatever you decide to do with this group, I'm here to back you up. I got your back. Like whatever you want to do, I'm here for you. You know? So like this whole, this whole stars alignment that happened. And then it just like exploded. Like everyone was freaking out about it. And then I got transferred to san diego for school and chief you were still at great lakes I was, and, and so after the equality illinois gala which was awesome like we had a great time i think i still have the suit even though i definitely don't fit in it anymore um <laughs> uh so i'm in school and i get a call from chief and kind of like how chief was saying like getting a call from the captain like why the fuck are you calling me at, at night i was like why the fuck is chief calling me during the day like there's no there's no reason for chief to call me on like a Wednesday afternoon or whatever it was. And I'm in the middle of class. And so I go out and I remember on the phone, you're like, Crosshopper, are you sitting down? And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck would I be sitting down? Like, what the <laughs> sitting down, Chief? And I was like, You're like, sit the fuck down. I was like, okay, cool. And so I'm like, I'm like standing up in the fucking break room. And then I remember you said like something to the to the effect of like the White House wants glass to go to like the lgbt gala at the white house and i was like i need to sit down like i don't what did you just say (laughs) (laughs) chief was right you should have been sitting down yeah so like i still i still don't know all the crazy that went on behind the scenes before you gave me that call um like what what happened with that like so i would i had just finished teaching class and i was sitting at the full moon restaurant eating breakfast and I get a call from the EXO. And I'm like, oh, shit, why is the EXO calling me? So I answer it. You know, I, I get up and I walk outside because I'm like, this has got to be important, right? So I walk outside and she's like, hey, Chief, um, can you still get in, in touch with, at the time, FC3 Foster? And I was like, well, yes, ma'am. Like, but why? Like, I, I, I can. Um, she's like, well, we got this. um inquiry from the white house and then you know like my eyes pop open i'm like okay i'm thinking to myself what the fuck has she done right um 
and she's like, no, 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 they they really want her to uh, be a part of the first uh, Pride Month celebration at the White House, and if you can get a hold of her, that would be really great. And I'm like, okay. I said, do you want me to give you her number? She's like, no, I'd probably be best coming from you. I'm like, well, it's going to be a shock either way, so, you know, all right, that's cool. So I was actually standing outside talking to you at the Full Moon Restaurant, um, pretty much just saying, you know, hey, uh, there's going to be this guy from the White House that's going to contact you and and uh, make all these reservations. Um, yeah. And then she's, you know, this one over here, Anne is like, hey, Chief, can you go with me? I'm like, well, I think it's kind of meant for, like, you and Jen to go. Um, I mean, that was kind of the point, like the, you know, and she's like, no, 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 I can't be the only Navy person there. Like, no, no, I need you to go with me. Like, that's just, you know, I'm like, all right, cool. And uh, we snuck in a coin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we made a, yeah, the uh, we made these challenge coins, um, and the the logo for glass is a rainbow anchor, and the first batch of them, like the glass coin that we made, were serialized. So I think the first we only made like fifty of them or something like that, and so yes, and you and they they tell you specifically like they don't want you giving shit to the president, they don't want you handing shit over because obviously understandable, like fine. So we did it anyway. So I have <laughs> serialized 002, um, but we gave the first one to uh, Michelle Obama's chief of staff, who was there, because oh, wow. um, we couldn't we couldn't give it to the president directly. Um, but yeah, I remember like I mean, definitely still like napkins and shit. Like we were we were having a great time. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Come on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Like, and it it kind of hit me when I was there because like you know chief you know chief and we're both we're both in our dress whites and I've got these like two little ribbons because I've I haven't been on a boat I've been in for five minutes chief's got this like stack of ribbons and like in your chief outfit uniform and I'm like I feel like a baby like, I was like <laughs> you were a baby <laughs> like the looks I would get people are like what the fuck is this who are you <laughs> like why is she here. It's like, you know, you're talking people who were like, you know, had chained themselves to the White House fence. You're talking people who had, you know, fought the good fight to get us where we were, you know, and just having these. I mean, that was a great trip to D.C. too, just just fun in any way. Just but like just having that experience of being there and being like, oh, shit, like, oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah. Well, for me, like to to stand in the White House in my uniform um, and listen to the president of the United States not only tell me that it was okay to be gay, but that it was okay to be gay and out and still serve my country was, I don't even know how to explain that. That's, that's total, it was a total weird concept to me because, you know, growing up in the deep South was um, just being gay was not okay. Uh, so that was it took me like till I was 30 to figure out, you know, what was so different about me. Um, couldn't even see it because it just wasn't it wasn't a thing. And then you got these young, you know, these young sailors that come in that, thank goodness, don't have the same lens um, and start pushing the issues. And, you know, the baby sailors that that um, could say, hey, let's start, you know, let's start this group. And then I don't know, a few months later, you end up standing in the White House listening to the president you know, tell you that you're okay. You know, that, that unintended message is that, you know, this, you're okay. And I'm, I mean, I was a fan anyway. Um, but after that, it was just, I don't know, it was really strange. And then we got to stand by the window 
and talk to, I don't even know who else we were talking to and watch him, you know, I think he took off a Marine one. He was going to camp David or whatever. And we got to watch the, the helo take off. And it's just like, um, you sort of have to pinch yourself. Like, are we really here? Is this really happening? Are we, are we really actually doing this or am I caught in some sort of weird dream? Um, but we had a blast that weekend. That was fun. Yes. Yes. Well, and also too, like, you know, the, the thing with glass and even just with the, the changing, you know, mentality in general is it, it spreads really quick. Like it's really like a popular group. And so it, it spread and like that, like Jake, like that's how I met you mm-hmm. was, do you want to tell about your, your Higgins story? <laughs> yeah. So, um, I was also like a little baby sailor and I, um, I, so I grew up Mormon, so kind of like the deep south kind of thing where it's just very, it's like you're in the closet no matter what, and it takes a long time. Like I was nearly 30 when I came out to my parents, so um, I totally understand that, Dina. And I, um, I let's see, so I was at tech school in Pensacola, and I was, that was my first little taste of like, ooh, I can be an out and proud gay, you know, gay man, and I was... Um, I went to the gay bars all the time. Well, gay bar, there was one, I think, uh, Emerald City. I was there all the time. And then um, and then I go, I f- fly to Idaho to see my parents before I go to get stationed in San Diego. And then I came out to my parents. That was a, anyway, dramatic story. But the... Um, listen to the former I, podcast on the... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Listen to yeah. the backlog. It's, yeah, you can listen to the other episode if you want to hear it. But the... Um, <laughs> I got to San Diego and I got immediately flown out to my ship and I didn't know, like I got, they were already on deployment in the, in the Gulf. So I was, I didn't know anybody. I had my, um, why can't I think of the word, the person that sponsor. Sponsor. Yeah. Sorry. Um, it's been a while. (laughs) Um, but the, I had my sponsor, that's all I knew. And then my first class was really cool. Um, and he was, I remember coming out to him and being like, Hey, so I'm gay. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm just, I don't, I don't know. He was like, Oh, that's cool. Like, whatever. Like we're, we're totally chill about that right now. You know, like, and um, he's like, if you need any support, let me know. And so then I, um, I started doing, I just started cranking. So with the, the food, food services. And um, I was, you know, how shitty that is. It was like in the, I was in the dumps. Like I was just feeling like shit, you know, just like here I am with, like I just didn't got a taste of like the gay life and here I'm like kind of I'm in the Middle East, like dying of heat, don't know anybody, and I feel like I just can't really talk to anybody. And so then um I took a one night I remember like I um I was I was serving with the officers, so I was like up in the up there with the hoity toities and making the um doing all their laundry doing all their shit it was awful but the um i remember one night like i got in got to my iraq and i was like i need there needs to be like a group i need to like kind of like what ann did like it was just like there needs i need to have like a group of people that i can go to you know and like um just some sort of support system that like and i'm pretty sure i'm not the only one that's feeling this way so um and i could feel you know when you're in on deployment the morale is like yeah so <laughs> I could, you could feel it because I was like, I got there right in the middle of their deployment. So it was just like in the, like everybody was in the thick of it and just feeling the dumps of it. And um, so I wrote a letter, like a lot, I wish I 
had, I'm sure, I don't, anyway, I wrote a letter to the captain, like just this on this little paper. And I said, Hey, this is what's going on. Like, and I filled the whole front and back thing of it and I put it in her box nice. like that night and ships, you know, lights were out and everything. I remember walking up there and just putting it in there and being like, Oh fuck, what did I just do? <laughs> like, I'm like, and I get, it's not like I don't, don't ever see her. Like she's going to know. And I put my name on it and everything. And I was like, um, I hope that doesn't backfire on me, you know, like, uh, and I was like, also, also on the other hand was like, I was just like, is, is she even going to like take it seriously kind of thing? Like, I'm a new new sailor and I didn't know. And she was actually just barely made captain. So she was, um, I don't know, like I did, nobody knew how she was going to act, you know? And so she had been the XO, but we didn't know how she was going to be as captain. And then um, a couple days, maybe even the next day, I was like doing dishes. And then she comes into the, the galley, the officer galley. And I was just like, Hello, Captain. And she's like, oh, Taylor. <laughs> she's like, um, I got your letter and I'm looking into it. And I was like, oh, okay, thanks, ma'am. <laughs> <You know? laughs> nice. And then like maybe a week later, I don't know, a while later, she comes up to me. She's like, so I found a group on, um, on another ship because I'm friends with the captain. And um, I'll give you the name. And that was Anne's name. And so... Um, I immediately emailed Anne and I was like, Hey, there's, I have this idea of my deployment. I got this thing. And I heard you have a thing, a group already set up. I want to know all the things. <laughs> Tell me all about it. <laughs> and then we were talking back and forth all through deployment. And then um, as soon as I got back, like I met up with her and I remember um, <laughs> I was driving my little mini Cooper <laughs> and I was <laughs> gay. <laughs> and, then, and it's like gay, like my motorcycle was bigger yeah, than your mini Cooper and that's exactly. gay on both ends. That's like, what I was going to say. Like I drove past you, perfect. like you were in front of the, we went to Fa, and you were like, you were taking off your helmet and you're like, you're leather jacket and I was like oh lesbian <laughs> that's gonna be her <laughs> and I was so excited and then we were like that we've been friends ever since but then um with the with glass I it took me a while to get it actually start like it was actually almost a year almost exactly a year after I had talked to the captain and I like finally got chartered on my ship and then um i found a i found a sponsor like a mentor the a khaki mentor that would do it and it, um we mostly my group was mostly made up of allies but they were just like um i was from what i know like i was the only openly gay sailor on my ship but like as far as gay men but there were lesbians that were out and proud but like the um I don't, I also like, we, we were the first afloat pride ceremony, pride celebration. Yeah. And, was and so Anne mad. was mad with it, at me for like, that. Yeah. You beat us by a week. Cause like yeah. I started the group on my ship on USS Milius and Jake, it was like pride month and yeah. we're getting ready. And Jake is like, yeah, my pride thing is on this day. I'm like, fuck you, man. <laughs> so pissed. Oh um, yeah, so you get the you get the first afloat Pride Month celebration. Yeah. <laughs> I actually started uh, the one on the Truman, um, and oh, it's yeah. still it's still going strong. And then uh, we just taught a group of chiefs from the uh, Eisenhower USS Eisenhower, 
Um, and the Ike, apparently they've got like 90 plus sailors. Oh, yeah. uh, and there was a, uh, their uh, mentor was uh, an older gentleman that like had just come out on uh, to one of his friends, like, I don't know, last week or something. And it was just, I get, I get stories all the time about glass and what it means to people. And it's just, uh, it's very humbling. Um, I had a, a, a nurse friend of mine from Great Lakes It all, it all comes back to Great Lakes. I had a nurse friend, uh, call me from, uh, Guantanamo Mm -hmm. and she is, I was at the hospital, remember? And she's like, I've got, uh, HM3 so-and-so here and she's interested in starting a glass chapter and, Yada yada yada. So I, I talked to this young baby sailor for a little while, and then get a hold of, you know, Ann, and we're like, hey, send me some, send me some more stuff because I have everything else on my computer at work, and I'm not at work. Um, yeah. So it, it's just um, the the interest is totally out there, and it totally yeah. totally gives sailors somewhere to go and just be themselves. Well, and it's in it. It definitely spreads of like, you know, someone's like, oh, I had it on my last ship. I want to get it at my new command. I like, you know, oh, I heard about it from this. And like since January 2021. So just this year, I have sent out 22 chapters. Wow. Like 22 chapters have contacted me Mm -hmm. just this year. Yep. You know, and again, like Middle East, like Bahrain and Cuba and a bunch in Japan and Italy and Spain and, you know, all over the U.S., all over these different branches. And again, like, and that's that's the humbling part, too. And I think like that's why whenever it feels like things are going too slow or whatever, like I look at this piece of paper I keep on my fridge and like how far we came from having to sign away who we were to now this like self-running healthy group that also like was really helpful with like well it's global and also like it's been there during all the changes it was there during the defensive marriage act repeal it was there like i came home the day before the supreme court uh ruled for same-sex marriage it was there for that it was there when we got covered under equal opportunity it was there when the trans ban was repealed. It was there when the trans ban was not repealed again during the Trump administration. It's there now with the trans repeal again. Like it's it's been there as a support system for people who have to deal with this shit. Because <laughs> you know, it, as much progress as we made, actually, it was interesting. I was um, like, I, it kind of it made me happy because uh, usually I don't read the comments on shit just because just from the from the breadth and width of things that I've been a part of on the media. Um, but there was this woman who is uh, queer looking and uh, she was, uh, she was, I think it's in somewhere in Florida. Like it was like a, like a sailor spotlight or something. And she's, you know, standing there next to her Jeep. They're like, Oh, she likes going off-roading. And there was this one guy, like there was just one troll that was in the comments. And Usually there's mostly trolls in the comments and no one really stands up to the troll ever. But in this case, and I saw this on the commands webpage and like uh, this first class group that I'm on on Facebook took screenshots of this guy and all the comments were like super supportive of this sailor. Like all these comments were calling this guy out for being an asshole. And like, that was the first time it was like a swarm of positivity and calling out this bigot 
who was just being, he was, he was one of those guys like, I'm glad I'm not in the Navy anymore. Back in my day, blah, 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 you know. And people called him out like, you wouldn't, we don't want you in this Navy. You wouldn't survive in this Navy. Like, you're not, you know, people like you are not the people who need to be serving this country. And it was like the first time I actually saw like this, like, groundswell of just regular people, especially in the cesspool that is Facebook, like, just, you know, helping out and like calling this guy out. And I was like, man, like, are we turning a corner? This is great. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's so nice, you know? And, you know, I, you know, and all the positive experiences, all the negative experiences, like having uh, this, the ship shall remain nameless, but having this one ship that was the exact same size as my ship, uh, which is a destroyer. And like their one openly gay sailor uh, completed suicide on the ship during watch. And getting that phone call at like two o'clock in the morning from an openly lesbian sailor on that ship and like the command like didn't want to do extra training. And the crew was terrible during the all hands call when they told him that like their shipmate had just died and making gay comments and disparaging comments to someone who had just died and this command not wanting to do anything, you know, so you see like how there's so much progress in some ways. And then there's still people who just by virtue of where they get stationed have to deal with this shit still. And now there, there are protections and there are things that can be done and it's taken a long time, but like, you know, how many people had to die? How many people had to, to develop substance abuse? How many people were sexually assaulted? How many people had to bear the brunt of that without support because there was nowhere else to go. Like, you know, that's, that's the thing that keeps me wanting to, even though I'm not active duty anymore and I'm reservist, which is fun, but like, that's why it keeps me want to keep a toe in and continue working with this program just because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's saving lives in a lot of ways. Yeah, it is important. We have come a long way. We're not there yet. Um, I think, so the things that give me hope, um, the younger generation gives me hope. Um, we need people to start calling people out more often. I think some of that bullshit would stop if people would just stand up and go knock your bullshit off. Um, uh, there's, you know, there's always going to be some blowback to that. Like, oh, you're just offended or whatever. Nope. You're just being an asshole and I'm just calling you out on it. Nothing to do with offended. Just is what it is. Um, asshole's not a leadership skill. Knock your shit off. Um, but then, uh, so here's how far we've come, right? Like in 1988, whenever I joined, I had to sign that piece of paper saying that not only had I never engaged in homosexuality, but that I never would. In 2021, as I'm filling out my retirement paperwork, um, yay, there was actually a box on my medical form that said your assigned gender at birth and your preferred gender. Oh, wow. That's how far we've come. That gave me chills. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Like, we're not there yet, but... But holy cow, Batman, haven't we come a long way? Like in it, and people just, people get frustrated and people, but you just got to keep going. You got to keep charging. You got to keep, you got to keep um, calling out the bad shit and highlighting the good shit. And the people with the new ideas and the um, the things that we haven't thought about before, and those good idea fairies and whatnot, 
we just got to voice those things and we got to get behind the things that mean something, right? Like at the end of the day, we're all human. That uniform is awesome. I love it. I will always love it. I will always be proud of my anchor. It's not mine. I don't own it. Somebody let me borrow it and then I'm going to pass it on whenever I leave. It adorns my uniform and that's awesome. Um, But at the end of the day, if we are loyal to integrity and not loyal to a person, and we start calling people out on their bullshit, I think we're going to get there uh, a lot faster. I'm encouraged. I'm totally encouraged by where we're headed. Yeah. Well, and honestly, too, like being, you know, what you did for me and did for the program and did for your sailors, like that's, that's the leadership qualities that, I mean, it doesn't matter if, if you're military, it doesn't matter if you're a civilian, like you have these people who are mentors who you're like, that's the kind of person I want to be. That's the kind of, if I'm ever in charge, that's how I want to do it. You know? And I think like leading it, it, it's a leading by example kind of thing. You know, you can't, you can't force policy and you can't force change by forcing it. You have to be it, mm-hmm. you know? I totally so, agree. I mean, and I appreciate your I appreciate your compliment, and I, I I'm glad you feel that way. At the end of the day, I just feel like I was taking care of people. Yeah, I I, I don't see it as being anything different. Um, you asked me for help, and um, we got to get out of our comfort zone. You know, we got to we got to be able to get out of our own way. Um, and and I realized that that that's what I was doing. I was standing in my own way, um, and in helping you, I helped myself. So at the end of the day, we just got to be able to help each other. Absolutely. And then I get to help Jake and Jake yeah. gets to blossom. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I was going to say, um, so my first, my command, the Higgins was um, like, the leadership was very supportive. Like I, my, so there's the captain that originally helped me get the, get glass on the ship. And then um, the chiefs were all, mostly supportive but they're um i got most of my support from the officers for some reason but i mean not that's it's just kind of like not typical i don't think but the um what was i gonna i then i came to denver when i and served in uh buckley and i tried to get it started here and there was no interest like there was the khakis would not even they were just like eh, you know and i um So when you say, like, get out of your own way, like, um, I think they were just in their comfort zone and like they were used to having, you know, they'd been at the command for a while and it's a very easy command and you just like, you kind of do your shore duty. So you just kind of do your thing and you go home, you know, like you just, and um, them, and I don't think they wanted another thing, you know, like another thing, no more, because we had a lot of little groups, you know, here and there that, but not a lot of support even for them. So like the idea of creating another group, even though it's yeah. really good idea, like um, it just never, I didn't get interest in it until I started talking to this army. She was a equal opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was right before I got out. So she was like, I was like, here's the stuff. So see if you can try it, you know, like, <laughs> so I just kind of yeah. hopefully passed that down. I don't know what happened with it, but um, my point was that like, it's just, um, like get like kind of to reiterate what you were saying, like that it's um, but it's not as 
like with leadership it's it's being your like being in your comfort zone you have to get out of that to to actually make a difference and i think that's what kind of Anne has helped me see especially with like like i talked about with the activist fire like i just kind of because like for the longest time for years i'm just like in the closet and just kind of like even just like trying to figure out my own myself and then i hear, have this lesbian telling me all this stuff like <laughs> this is this is wrong this is wrong we got to do this we got to get this this is what's going on and i'm just like oh that's that's fucked up, you know, like all this stuff. And I'm just like, you're right, and let's, <laughs> we gotta fight the good, you know, <laughs> fight this shit. And then um, one experience that we had together too was the um, the Pulse, um, Pulse mm-hmm. shooting. We were out on a hike, Ann and I and another friend of ours were on a hike and just having, being able to have come together during that and have the support system during the tough times too. So mm-hmm. it's, um, that was very meaningful for me and for a lot of sailors to be able to turn to each other during um, those things. So, yeah, we were actually underway um, in the, we had, let's see, we were still in the Gulf. We were coming around. I think we were coming through the Straits and we we're getting ready to go into the Suez canal whenever that happened. And we actually had two sailors that, that lost friends in the false incident and uh so we organized a uh, wreath laying um i a glass organized a wreath laying they got a big wreath from we pulled into uh suda bay greece they got a wreath and they they stayed on the mess decks and they had these little pieces of paper where people could uh either write messages to the people at pulse you could either um you could do one of two things or both you could send it actually to um the club or you could roll it up and put it in the wreath and there were so many of both piles there were messages that uh uh one of our sailors took back to the club and then there were there were little pieces of paper stuck all in that wreath and we actually got permission from the captain and we slowed the ship to two knots and uh let those two sailors go out on the stern dock and lay that wreath in the ocean uh, in the mediterranean so that was a um that was a really it was it was awful for those for everybody, but for those two sailors in particular, um, but the Navy stopped. Like we, we literally, we stopped the ship to two knots and we recognized that moment and, and uh, yeah. And it's an aircraft carrier. Like it's not like it's a small ship. Like it's a, it's like the biggest ship we have. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah. You know, on the sea, and you're just like, we're gonna stop it. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty cool. The pictures that I have of that is just, it's, it's, uh, it's totally amazing. Uh, but everybody was on board, even the even the skipper. You know, I talked to him, and you don't just walk into that skipper's office like I did uh, Captain yeah. Um But yeah. I got a chance to talk to him. Like we had a, a small ceremony on the on the fantail uh, after the the wreath was laid in the ocean. We all went up to the fantail and had this this small like ceremony. And and even our you know our chaplain at the time, I love me some chaplain dance. Like he, um, we ended up in three different places at the same time, and he was just he was he was all over it. He's like, yeah, chief, I got it. I'm like, all right, that's cool. So uh, yeah, it was totally. If you stop and think, like that would not have happened. That would not have happened ten years earlier. So it was it was uh, we're getting there. We're getting <laughs> yeah. there. We're on, we're on the right track. Well, and I remember, I don't know if you do, if you remember this, Chief, when we, we marched, because we do a lot of marching, too. We do a lot of pride parades, which has been super fun. Um, but I remember when we marched in the Chicago pride parade. And that's, you know, there's there's three million people 
at that parade. Like that's, it's crazy. And we were marching behind the AVER, the American Veterans for Equal Rights, who were the, the gay veteran group that are amazing. And we were marching behind them and we had our glass banner. And one of the things I remember most was you'd be marching and then you would see these people who are at Pride and everyone's having a great time at Pride. Everyone's, you know, drinking and partying and having, you know, being super, super fun and happy. And every now and then you'd look out in the crowd, especially at an older person, and they would say like, oh, cool. Hey, Aver. And then they would look at us and we had like the Navy flag and the U.S. flag. And it says, you know, gay, lesbian supporting service members, Great Lakes, Illinois. And like a lot of them started bursting into tears because they were seeing active duty people marching in a pride parade, you know, and like marching. I remember San Diego getting to march in uniform or, you know what I mean? Like just seeing just seeing the reaction, just seeing what it means to people, because like the military is not like other careers, like it becomes a very big part of your identity. So like. I cannot imagine, like, Chief, what you had to go through for so long. And, like, I know, you know, like, you know, Senior Chief Elney and, like, like all these people who spent their entire careers hiding, mm-hmm. you know, spending, spending, you know. And I, I couldn't imagine, you know, because I love being in the Navy. I mean, even though it's a pain in the ass a lot. But, you know, I, you know, it's a big part of who I am as a person. And so having to separate both of those, you know, and now like, you know, my wife is able to come to holiday parties and I talk openly about her and, you know, it's, it's all these things that you, you take for granted until you start really learning the history that not very long ago, you know, was completely, completely uh, impossible. I came back on active duty in 2007 after being in the reserves for 15 years and a really good friend of mine who knew I was lesbian. um, We were talking something about don't ask, don't tell. I don't remember what the, what started the conversation. I just remember her asking me like sincerely asking me, um, why did you come back in? Like why, like if you knew it was going to be this hard, like why did you come back in? I said, and my response to her was simply, why do I have to choose? can't I be gay and be a sailor? Like being a sailor was the only thing that I was ever really good at. Like, can't, can't I do both? Why can't I do both? Um, and I guess she had never really thought about it that way. So she just kind of stopped and she's like, yeah, you know, I don't have to choose. So I don't think you should have to choose either. I was like, exactly. But it wasn't until what, four years later that it was actually repealed. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. We've totally yeah. come a long way. Yeah, definitely. And that gives me hope going forward for other things, too. Yeah. You know, yeah. As you know, I mean, like we Jake and I are really good friends with a a trans former sailor, um, you know, and all the bullshit he had to deal with. But by the time he left, you know, he was able to wear the men's uniform. He Mm -hmm. was he hung out in male birthing like and this was before the repeal happened, you know, but it's like. You have all these really good sailors and these people who are really dedicated to what it means to be a sailor or a soldier or an airman, God forbid. And, <laughs> you know, because I like to shit on the Air Force. Um, but, <laughs> but I mean, but yeah, like you have these people who are very qualified, very passionate, very, very good at what they do. And they just, I mean, how many were kicked out? How many got 
bad discharges, how many were forced out, how many were threatened. I know a woman who, you know, she came out to her husband, they got a divorce and he threatened to take custody of the, like he, he basically is like, give me custody of the kids or I'm telling your command that you're gay. Yeah. You know, like that kind of shit, you know I mean? So it's, 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 you know, and right now people are, you know, we, we are a little undermanned a little bit in the, in the military at the moment. Um, not to go into any specifics, but like we we are not in any position to to forcibly kick out people who want to be here. There's enough people in the military who don't want to be there. Yeah, you're right. You, know? you do bring up a good point, though. There were a lot of people who got other than honorable or dishonorable discharges um, because they were gay whenever they got kicked out. So if anybody's listening and you have either of those on your DD-214, you can repeal that and get that yeah. changed. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a, that's been a big deal for a lot of veterans to get that, that, uh, that discharge type, um, upgraded. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, right before I joined, um, and I was getting ready for, yeah, I was getting ready for boot camp, and I was like, my family was pretty supportive. My dad was, uh, Army reservist, so he was all more than happy to send his son on to boot camp, you know, even if it was the Navy, like, but it was Army, but yeah, whatever. Um, he's just jealous. But the, um, <laughs> I, uh, I remember watching, like, sitting in the kitchen, we had a TV in the kitchen, and my, um, I got this documentary about the Don't Ask Hotel, and I was like, mm-hmm. Uh, that was really the first time I saw like the full like details about it. And like, they had video footage of like um, these uh, service members in court be defending themselves. And um, there was uh, just heartbreaking stuff that, and then they like fast forward and they're like interviewing some of these people that had been in don't ask, don't tell. And they were, um, this was like before it was even like fully repealed. So like even showing this documentary was kind of, it was hot stuff, but it was just like, um, it was very eye opening for me. And I was just like, here I am like, huh, I'm about to go into this. And that this was before we even knew that it was going to be repealed. So I was just like, do I win? Like, what if it doesn't get repealed? You know? And that was going through my <laughs> brain. I was like, I could like, I could easily be going into something where I would have to like, not even be able to like I'm barely barely peeking out of the closet and here I'm gonna have to like shut the doors again you know and I was just like uh that went through my brain I was just like I don't and then seeing you know these experiences that these um service members had it was just it's it was became a witch hunt it was um I can't even imagine having like having that stress I mean military is stressful enough like and then you got people like trying to find out like read your emails to find out if you're um if you're gay or whatever and the um there's another podcast um called mormon stories that they just interviewed a um he's a navy he's a submarine navy captain and he um so he he had the he he had a sailor come out to him not on purpose Mm. but like it just kind of he found evidence of him being gay and he had to like decide like do i report him or do i keep him you know and and he just kind of he just slid the the paper back to his it was or maybe his phone something he the evidence back and he was just like i 
I love you. You're like, I don't, we're not going to do, we're not going to do anything about this. Like, just be very careful. And then like, it just, then I was like, before don't ask, don't tell, like before the repeal, obviously, but the, um, he later, like that sailor ended up being a chief and being like doing all these great things in the Navy. So like, if he, and he was talking about how, like, he didn't know, like, what if he had kicked him out and then like, Mm -hmm. who knows what would have happened to him, you know? And, um, I think, and he said, he mentions that he's, he just saw that, like, he was like, I can either ruin this guy, you know, his life, mm-hmm. or I can value him as a sailor and, you know, and show him the compassion. And then, um, and that's, you know, being a true leader. And then um, he also met another, he ended up having two gay sons, which is why he was on the podcast. And then they're Mormon and they ended up leaving the church. But the, um, I, it's just, all these things that I just, you don't, you hear about, and then you hear the actual stories and you're like, this is why, you know, like where we come from. And I think the younger generation does have a lot of hope, but I think there is a lot of, um, like we were talking about a little bit that it's kind of taken for granted, like what work Mm -hmm. has been, like the road, the road has been paved and everything. And it's hard not to get a little resentful of that, even though I didn't like take part in, I didn't, you know, but like, it's just like, you hear these younger, you know, service members and you're like, okay, wait, you know, you get, you, you got a pride ceremony, but like, think of why you were doing this, you know, and it's just, um, and the, the people that got you here. Why? Yeah. yeah. I, uh, speaking of like things that you appreciate when, um, like I mentioned my wife, like we had just started dating and if, if you've met my wife and and I together. Um, I know we're obnoxious, <laughs> um, but uh, I still I have think a scar on my time, knee, by the way. I was say, last time Jen saw Jake, like she did like a running rush tackle, um, literally. Um, on but like I remember, uneven cement, and then I we both felt we yeah, we went on tumbled over, <laughs> and yeah, it's it's beautiful. <laughs> anyway, she loves, she loves hard, but I remember, <laughs> and of course, like we had just started dating, so you know, like you know, you have young love, and you're like, oh my god, this person's amazing, and I rem- <laughs> she's just standing there like, like I guess I should tell this, but uh, she uh, she would drive to base. This is again before the repeal went into effect. And we would hang out at the USO during the week because I wasn't allowed off base. And I remember we'd been dating just for a couple months. And I was just like, so, like, how do I know how much you love me? And she looked me like, no <laughs> shit, dead in the eye. And she's like, I'd be willing to drive, like, hours each way to not even be able to hold your hand. Oh, yeah. Like, but, that's, but that was it. I mean, I remember there was a 4th of July yeah, you are fucking smooth. <laughs> she's, just, she's been in this room the entire interview, and now she just her little head is just poking up. Um, but uh, I remember like there was a Fourth of July thing at at Great Lakes, and you know it was like you know big fireworks and food and music and this huge party, and it was like everyone else gets to cuddle, everyone else gets to have their person there and be affectionate. And then, like, it was hard because, like, Jen was trying to be like, oh, I want to, like, cuddle you. I'm like, no, we can't. Like, we can't yet. I'm like, it's going to happen, but we can't now. Like, I I would, I physically had to, like, try and sit farther away from her. And that, and that sucked because I also think, like, she didn't, I mean, like, she, she got it. But, like, that was really, like, hit home for her, too. Of, like, I'm getting my, what am I getting myself into? 
So mm-hmm. like, it's not even just the service members, but it's, it's the partners of service members who also, I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, and Jenna been out since junior high, you know? And so to be with someone who you love, who then all of a sudden you're like, I can't, I can't reciprocate this because I'm at work and I could lose my job. You know, like we have, you know, a couple of friends like senior chief uh, McKinney who, you know, she couldn't have her family on the pier when she got home because they, she couldn't risk her son running up to her and going mama. Cause people be like, why is this kid calling you mom? Who is that woman? You know? So how many, how many goodbyes, how many hellos had to be done in a parking lot? Like, what does that do to the spouse? What does that do to the kids? You know? So, I mean, there's, there's all these other people who were affected by this, not just, you know, I mean, I remember my mom was terrified when I joined, like she was so scared for me, which is understandable. I mean, she knew that a is a woman in the military, let alone a gay woman in the military. And she was just so afraid that someone was going to use my sexual orientation to be either physically or professionally, you know, do something. And literally like, I remember the first time I heard the relief in her voice is when I told her that, that we were going to DC that we were going to the white house. And like, that was like the first time, like she was able to like exhale mm-hmm. because she was like, well, if the president says that it's okay, <laughs> then, <laughs> right. right. You know, then, then who can hurt her if the president says it's okay. Right. Yeah. You know, so it's that kind of shit too. So, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's all these other, these, all these other people. I remember, uh, who was, who was the RP, the civilian at great lakes, the older dude, Cannot remember his name. He was one Aaron. of the RP guys. First name was Aaron. Yeah. So he was a civilian. Like... Yeah. He worked. He worked in the chaplain office. It was like right after we started Glass, and we were we were putting um, these these posters all around the base. And I went down because I had worked with him with CSAD, and uh, he was he was kind of sitting there kind of awkwardly. I'm like, well, he's a religious personnel man, civilian, so I imagine he's probably you know pretty religious. And uh, so we're sitting there talking and he's like, he kind of takes a breath. He's like, you know, my sister and her partner had been together for like 20 years. And I was like, oh, that's wonderful. Like, oh, he's got a gay sister. And then like he closes his eyes and he takes a breath. He's like, and my partner and I have been together for 25. And I was like, oh, shit. And his eyes teared up and he was just like, I have never been able to say that on a military installation. And he retired like he had done a full like he was retired Navy. And that was the first time he was able to like vocalize that while on base. And like, I mean, I like, I was like, Oh shit. Well, (laughs) take these flyers and, uh, want to go and talk about it. Like, but it was, it was that kind of shit too. You're like, Oh my God. Like what, what is that like? You know, what is that? You know, so, yeah. So, I mean, definitely, I mean, I'm, I'm proud of my military service, but this is the thing I'm the most proud of that I've that's done. Good. That's awesome. Yeah. You've affected a whole, yeah. probably countless people, probably never will know how many people. So it's, um, yeah, you did good, Grasshopper. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it was definitely a team effort. It was not a, like, I might have had the aha idea fairy, but uh a lot of people put in a lot of work and put themselves out there. You know, you put yourself out there. Captain put himself out there. Like all the other sailors who helped me start it. Every other sailor who goes to their command, you know, with their, you know, fresh glass chapter and bylaws in hand, you know, like everyone puts them. You have to make yourself uncomfortable and put yourself and make yourself vulnerable. You know. I do. Yes. 
All right. I'm going to have to bail on yep. you guys. No, this is well, good. Yeah, you got um, football. Yeah, and I got I got to actually muster for the reserves here in about nine yeah. minutes. So that's oh, okay. Time. Yeah, no, this is perfect. Um, thank you so much. I'm honored to have both of you on here, and I'm glad you made the time to tell your experiences. This is, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Dina. Um, you too. Yeah. Nice to finally meet you, and um, I'm sure. You know, if you ever want to be on the on a podcast again, you can. <laughs> you're more than welcome. <laughs> um, no, this is great. Thank you. Thank you for having us on, and thank you for starting your podcast and being willing to talk about this. Because again, this is a deviation from what your normal subject matter is, but it's still. I feel like it's a. I feel like it was a impactful part of your life too. Oh, for sure, and it. I mean, it was a. It was the journey after coming away from the church, and then like you know, part of the journey of getting, um, my self-discovery, you know, and so it's, it's a huge part of that. And you helped me, you're, um, that's why you have a special place in my heart, but, um, <laughs>